can you succeed in raising your children to have unshakable faith in Jesus Christ, especially when the odds seem to be stacked so high against you? Our children are bombarded with images and messages every day that contradict the teachings of Jesus. And as parents, it's easy for us to feel outmanned and outgunned in our battle to shape their hearts and minds into committed followers of Christ. But the victory is ours for the taking. God has given us everything we need to equip our children for the life He's called them to. So join us today as we engage in the crucial conversations that will help you discover and apply the tools you need to raise your kids with unshakable faith in Jesus. And now, welcome to Unshakable Faith. Good afternoon. I'm Dr. Steve Hubler, President of Legacy Family Ministries. And I am Melissa Hubler. And we are your hosts for Raising Kids with Unshakable Faith. At Legacy, our goal is to provide you with the equipping and the encouragement that you need to raise your kids to have an unshakable faith in Jesus Christ. So we want to welcome all of you who are joining us here on Faith Talk 1360, or if you're joining us via our podcast on Spotify, Apple, or Faith Talk's website, we welcome you also. Now today we're going to take on a problem that Christian kids have been facing for decades, really, and that is there's this belief out there, it's one that is hardly even questioned in our culture anymore, It's a belief that says that science is a better determiner of truth than the Bible. Specifically, we're going to walk you through the first steps in answering the question, how do we empower our kids to reconcile these arguments they encounter that pit science against Scripture and claim that science is a better source of truth than God's Word? Now, to help us answer this question, we have two very special people back in the studio with us this week, Levi and Jamie Mulkentine. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having us. Now, we uh, took a few minutes last week when you were with us to get to know you a little bit better. So we'll start with you again, Jamie. Jamie's one of the superstar teachers over at West Valley Christian School, right? Yeah, I'm glad you say that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I say it with complete sincerity, though, because, uh, you know, like I said last week, there's a lot of great teachers at West Valley Christian School, and and we love them. But uh, you are definitely one of the favorites, especially in our household. Thank you. Yeah. This is a favorite of my household, too. <laughs> if I ever want to get my kids' attention, all I have to do is say, hey, Mrs. Mulkentine said, and then they listen. <laughs> all three so. heads swivel, and they go, what? Awesome. How do I we do that, that in our house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll take somebody like her, right, coming from the outside. But anyways, you've been a teacher for over 10 years, right? 10 years at West Valley. Where were you before that? I was at, well, I was in California at Huntington Christian School. So overall, this will be my 20th year teaching in Christian ministry. So you've got a little bit of experience working with kids with science and the Bible, right? Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, Levi, you've spent a little time in the ministry. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, a little bit. I worked in youth ministry. Um, That's primarily where I come from, youth ministry. Um, I'm a nerd when it comes to science stuff, too. So uh, it it only made sense for me to marry a science teacher. I'm like, yeah, sweet. This life goal was achieved when I met her in ministry. I was like, I'm going to marry that one just because she's working in science. That's it. You're welcome. She's super hot, too, so that helps. (laughs) That's a selling point. I'm really glad you threw that in there (laughs) because otherwise this couldn't have gone well. (laughs) I'm probably walking home anyway. (laughs) Very good. Well, 
before we uh, get back on track <laughs> and jump into today's conversation, I want to invest a, just a few minutes into exploring why this is such an important question for us to answer today. And that is, if you are a kid sitting in the classroom at a secular school and you question or push back on any particular scientific theory that counters what Scripture has to say on the matter, and you do it on the basis of what the Bible says, then really, I think, being as fair as possible, most often you're treated kind of like you're stupid, right? I mean, sometimes they're polite about it, especially when you're still in the younger grades. You know, it's more along the lines of, oh, poor little Johnny, been lied to by his parents. But I noticed in my experience that the older you get, the more abrasive the rebuff usually come becomes. Um, I remember very clearly sitting in one of my college classes. Um, I was in pre-med at that time. I had different ideas for my life than God did. And um, it was a, a science class, and we got onto the segment on evolution, and I raised my hand. And I really wanted to hear what the, the instructor had to say, but I asked him about um, the problem of irreducible complexity. Now, we won't go into that here because, you know, it's a science class question. But um, I wanted to know how he reconciled the two things, you know, the natural selection and, and this other problem that basically re- refutes it. And uh, instead of getting a serious answer, I was scoffed at, I was ridiculed, and basically laughed at by the teacher. It really didn't bother me because I was kind of an arrogant 19-year-old at the time. But uh, that was the rebuff that I got. And I've seen that experience repeated in the lives of many other people I know, family, friends, and the whole thing. But here's the one worst part about the toll that this kind of stuff tends to take on our kids. When they encounter an argument that contradicts Scripture— And that argument is based in science. It's advocated by authorities in the scientific community. It's presented by a person who is in a position of respect, that is their teacher. And it is backed up by information that is presented to them, whether it is or not, as hard fact. It makes them start to doubt the entirety of God's word, not just the part of the Bible, the theory that they're being exposed to disagrees with. It starts to undermine their trust in the entirety of God's word, and that in turn not only erodes their existing belief system, but it also erodes the primary means of building their faith, which is the word of God. According to Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. And this happens because, after all, if the Bible is wrong about evolution, they might think, or the way the world came to be, then it's probably wrong about the whole gender debate, marriage, premarital sex, abortion, lying, and the list goes on and on and on and on. So that is why we have to empower our kids to disarm this competition between science and the Bible. What do you guys think? Well, so I teach science and I teach Bible, and I've been, I've been doing that for almost 20 years. And I don't think that you can teach one without the other, honestly. And I really do feel like when it comes to Science, it is truly the study of God's creation. So how do you pull those apart and teach them separately? It's really difficult. When I teach science, I'm constantly bringing in scripture. And when I teach Bible, I'm constantly bringing in science and God's creation and what he's done. So if I were ever to go to a public school, I'd probably get fired. <laughs> because I, can't, I cannot separate the two because they are, they're so intertwined. And so when I hear that people want to separate them, I... It blows my mind. So, and and here's why. So when I was a kid, I grew up going to public school my entire life, and I only was taught um, from the side of evolution. I never even knew that there was a creation side. And so when I 
accepted the Lord and realized, oh, okay. So I started reading my Bible and realized there was a creation side. I felt like I got ripped off, and I was really upset with the education system that they didn't at least pose the two theories of creation and evolution. I only got evolution. It was very upsetting for me um, as a young adult when I realized that. And that happens even more so in schools now, you know, forward 30 years down the road. And yeah, I mean, kids don't even get the, the hope that there's something else out there. It's only one thing. It's only one approach. Yes. So when I, t- when I teach my kids in my Christian school, I actually teach both. And I said, listen, this is what, you know, kids are learning in public school, but I want you to know what it is. And I want you to use your big brain. And I also want you to know where truth comes from. And I want you guys to decide what you think is correct. And let's discuss it. And and it's very interesting. They actually end up feeling bad for what some other students are learning. Not that it's, you know, different from them, but that they don't have that choice to learn both theories and decide for themselves. You know, um, since my kids were in your class <laughs> and, and they sat through the teaching, um, I saw that, uh, you know, the results, at least for our kids, were very effective because – like you said, you teach them where the truth comes from. Mm-hmm. You teach them scripture. Yes. But uh, you also told them about evolution. So they weren't caught off guard when I started bringing it up to them. You know, actually, they would come home to me with questions about more about what you guys talked about. So it really, when it's done right and when it's done well, you know, that approach works. Yeah. It definitely works. Well, and it's important to know both. It, it truly is. You don't want to be caught blindsided by one or the other. So think about kids who are in Christian school their whole life and they only get, you know, creation and then they go to a public, you know, high school or college and then they're like, what? I don't know any of this. And they feel stupid. It's very easy for them to, you know, think, oh, well, maybe the Bible's not right. Now I'm going to listen to these professors because they seem to know what they're talking about and they have, They have PhDs. They do, right? So they must be right. Yeah. I, uh, a few years ago, I had like this, this revelation, um, I was always like afraid to read other things. I was afraid to read out like any science and, and step out. And, and then I just had this moment where I realized when I was reading scripture that God is and everything gets submitted to that. And if he is who he says he is in scripture, then I should be able to look anywhere in philosophy, science, anywhere and find him. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what ended up happening is I started reading everything and I did. I, I saw him in everything and could find so much order in everything that people say, you know, oh, look at all this chaos. This is all created out of chaos and chance. And I'm like, wait a minute. It's like, there's a lot of order here, biology and, and all of this. And, and I think as Christians, like putting down our fears, like our, our God is big enough. He, he can handle an investigation. Open up your borders, accept the information that's out there, look at it and walk through it and you'll see him in it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just take small snippets of this or that and, and, and say, well, this disproves the Bible. You have to take the whole thing. And that's usually where you get the, the issues with people are like, hey, we found this bone over here and it shows that it's evolution. Okay, let's look at the whole picture again. And like, oh, wait, no, we are wrong. Yeah, that happens. It's okay. That's, that's how it works. And I think as Christians, if we're accepting of that with the scientific community too, that things change and they're learning and we're learning, um, I think that, that built better harmony with, between the two and we can bridge that gap. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking as I'm listening to what you're saying, in, in my mind, it rolls back to that whole approach of inoculation versus insulation. Mm-hmm. You know, if we try to insulate our kids from the scientific theories that are out there that conflict with Scripture, 
and they never hear of it. You know, we're insulating them. Then they get out on their own, and then they get slammed with it. And in the environment that we live in now, it, it can be pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. You know, they get treated like they're stupid, or they just get called stupid or laughed at like I did. And uh, and then they're caught off guard. And then, you know, you roll back to that tension that I was talking to. You know, what happens with the doubts in their mind, especially if they're young and impressionable and they're, you know, the professor, if that's the one who did it, is very well known and well respected. It really it, it drives a fork really into the foundation of their faith. Well, one of the things that I think that we can do to, to kind of this goes back to the whole like, OK, let's teach kids how to think. Not, let's not teach them what to think. Let's teach them how to think through it. And we build into that foundation uh, in their intelligence and say, look, you're a rational human being. You're created by God to be rational and logical. There's nothing illogical about Scripture. And if we're able to rationally walk through this and you run into somebody later on that wants to you know, tear down your argument, like mentally you're ready for that mm-hmm. because you're, we've built this into you where you have the tools, you, know, you have the organ that knows how to learn and how to educate yourself and how to walk through this. And that builds confidence in them to be able to take on the challenges of something that may be even over their head. You know, you got people that just study one thing, metaphysics or physics, and you don't know anything about it. But you can you can approach that from the scientific community with the Bible if you are able to walk through it like that and not get you know lost in in the emotion and the struggle. Yeah, and that's easy to do, especially when you're in the heat of the moment, right? Or you're caught off guard, or you're just flat not having a good day. <laughs> Well, don't believe everything you hear, too. Don't believe everything you're taught. You, t- you need to test it. Mm-hmm. So you need to go back, especially, you know, when it comes to different things that you're learning. Even biblically, no matter who's talking to you and who's teaching you, touch it, test it. Look at Scripture. Go back to it. Make sure that it's there. Make sure you're hearing it correctly. Pray over it. And make sure that you're, you know, getting what God wants you to get out of that information. What's so great about science in the Bible, too, is... You can start reading a passage and be like, whoa, I didn't know that that was, you know, in Scripture. Like the book of Jonah talks about mountains in the deep. Like Jonah knew about them way before, you know, people knew about them. Like it wasn't until like the 19th century that people had some kind of like tools to figure out that there were mountains in the ocean before they thought it was just mainly kind of flat, you know, featureless land. And now like a lake bottom. Yeah. And then Jonah had mentioned it, and, you know, the book of Jonah was written in, in anywhere between 750 and 725 B.C., and Jonah, you know, talked about mountains in the deep, and it's like, oh, okay. So there's a lot of stuff in the Bible. It's like, ooh, that was there first. <laughs> and so when you go back and you look at stuff that people learned, you know, scientifically, it's like, wait a second, I know that's in the Bible. And what's so great about that is the more you're in the Word and you know it— and then you go look at something scientific, you can be like, wait, that doesn't align with this. Or, hey, that was mentioned in the Bible first. They're copying the Bible, you know, or mm-hmm. they're trying to take credit for it or whatever it is. Like that was already in the Bible. And it's so neat to know and have that like that love and trust for God that, yeah, he had it there first. Like he knew about that first. Like it talks about the water cycle in there, too. There's so many things in Scripture that are talked about that are that are science-related, that people just discredit because they're like, oh, it's the Bible. But, man, there's some good stuff in there. 
Well, yeah. if you hold to the belief that God is the creator of all things, God created science and yes. he gave it to us as a gift. Yes. It was this thing that he put out there knowing that it would tickle our minds and that we could just, just explore this entire world that's around us and be able to figure out the laws of motion and gravity and all of this yes. stuff that's there that he created for us. Yeah. So, you know, he didn't do it chaotically. He did it with purpose and he did it with design. Yes. Because he loves his children and he wants them to be curious about himself, about the creator. So there's this um, scientist, um, Louis Pasteur. He, you know, he's the guy that came up with pasteurization. Thank God, because, you know, we don't get sick from drinking milk and stuff like that. But he came up with this experiment because he wanted to prove that spontaneous generation wasn't like a real thing. People thought that frogs came from mud and stuff. And he's like, no, 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 no. So like... Some other, you know, scientist, this guy Reddy, did this experiment. I won't geek, geek out too much with you guys, but he, <laughs> he did this experiment, and he basically proved that spontaneous generation is not a thing. And it's like, well, yeah, look at Genesis. Like, God, when he created everything, he said they will reproduce after their own kind. And it's like, well, yeah. Okay, so frogs, no, they don't come from the mud. They come from hmm, frogs, right? So, So the chicken was first, right? Not the egg. The chicken okay. was first. See, we you solved are it. Right. It's good. That's the yes. highlight of the show. Hey, yeah. you heard it here first, <laughs> man. Okay. Not the yes. egg. Okay, and so listen. So this guy, so he's doing all these sciencey stuff and like experiments and like just blowing people's minds because they so want to believe in something that's not biblical, but they're like they can't help it. It just is. It's biblical. So listen to what he says. This is like such a great quote. He says, "Little science takes you away from God, but." more of it takes you to him. And that is such a great point that the more you learn about science, the more you really dig into God's creation, you get you get to know him better. You understand him better and know what he's done for you. I mean, just the invention of the microscope, when you see things at a microscopic level, like there, there's so many beautiful things out there that God's like, I've been waiting for you to discover this, this beautiful thing that I've had here all along. Like now you finally got to see it. Like, what else is there that, you know, we haven't even discovered yet that he's just like, oh, I can't wait till they find it. Like a hidden treasure. Mm -hmm. Yes, because he loves us. Yeah. I think one of the the most useful things you've ever said to me on this topic, Jamie, is that you summed it up. You said science is a study of God's creation. Yes. So, yeah, they don't have to be in conflict. And I'm glad you guys agree. Otherwise, it would have been a very different show, right? (laughs) I wanted to play the devil's advocate and be like, well, I don't believe any of this. What are you talking about? (laughs) Why am I here? But you know what? I think um, one of you guys, I think it might have been, I don't know, it was one of you two today, just a minute ago, said uh, you know, that, that it's important to test what you're believing. Jamie, you were talking about, right? Um, you know, we need to not just swallow it, but we need to test it. You know, somebody says, well, God's word says such and such. Well, look it up and see if it really does. Well, yes. that's really important in this whole combati- compatibility thing, too, because there is science out there that's not good. You know, there is <laughs> yeah. science out there that's wrong, you know. We believe, and I believe we we believe this with great authority, but everything you find in Scripture, at least the original autographs, is true, right? Yes. We can have mistranslations. That's a whole different topic. You know, if there's somebody who makes a mistake, but God's mm-hmm. word is true. So that's set. But you can have bad science. Um, there's an entire, well, really the majority of our science today is based on the wrong assumption of you guys have probably heard of this philosophical naturalism. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the assumption coming into the entire discipline that says, well, there's nothing out there that's not natural. So everything is natural. There's no supernatural. There's none of this stuff. And that's where you get things like evolution, you know, coming out and, and 
really maintaining its prominence for so long. But in in the whole journey to try and understand, you know, how do we navigate this with our kids? We have to understand that, yes, there, there's really no conflict between good science and God's word. But there is, there are contradictory claims to bad science and God's word. But that doesn't mean that you have to throw away all of science. Yeah. Because if you do that, then you miss so many of the things that you were talking about, Jamie. Yes. I Exciting things. Like even dinosaurs. My My son loved dinosaurs for so long. But every book that I bought talked about, you know, millions of years ago and stuff like that. And so then we'd have to have a discussion about that. And we're like, well, you know what, let's let's open up the Bible and see what the Bible has to say about dinosaurs. And he'd be like, wait, what? Dinosaurs are in the Bible. And I'm like, well, yes, but they're not called dinosaurs. And then, you know, geeky mom has to be like, well, you know, that word didn't come around until like the 1800s. So then we go and you know go to job and read about the leviathan and the behemoth and talk about how huge they are and how massive they are and you know people claim that oh it was just you know an elephant or whatever it's like no if you listen to how big the tail is and you know different things like that the you know shield like things that it has on it you know that that's definitely not an elephant or whatever else they want to decide it is but it was such a great conversation for me to have with I think my son was I want to say like four and he got it and he understood it and it was so great because then when we would get more dinosaur books because he loved them hey mom this one's wrong too (laughs) he was like hey look they put you know millions of years and my students do the same thing so it's it's a great conversation piece but then it's like well let's look and see what the bible has to say about this I do that with everything especially in science and the thing too is like you know humans we we make mistakes or like you know even me even me I make mistakes even when I'm teaching and so I always tell the students if I mess up or if you think that something I say in bible class or science my husband's dying right now (laughs) (laughs) sorry I didn't want to say anything you're on a roll I was like wow I was trying to get my phone out to record that (laughs) but like I mean humans make mistakes and so you always have to test it with scripture always your pastor could be up there thinking he's doing such a great job but he might say the wrong thing and it's like let's make sure that whatever we're being fed is correct and the only way that you're going to know if it's correct is you go back to the word and you check it yeah, being biblically literate like yes. knowing it like yes. yeah you have to have to understand it. i think a lot of people are like that we're just completely they haven't read the bible we're reading our Bible right now to our kids all the way through. We're still in the Old Testament. They're dying. But <laughs> like, what are we going to do the New Testament? I'm like, I understand. I get it. But you have to know it. Like, you got to know it all the way through. And you, you have to, it has to be in there. So well, if I you don't know it all the way through, then you're left with having to trust what's coming from other yeah. people. Yeah. And, and that's dangerous. It is dangerous yeah. because people are flawed and we mm-hmm. do bring in our own interpretations, not mm-hmm. this is what God's word says, period. Yeah. Besides, when we are engaged with God's word, God is definitely engaged with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I like what you, what you threw out there because it... Uh, yeah, I'm always looking for the list at the end. Let's like, okay, well, so what are my takeaways? Start with God's word. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, that's the foundation. I mean, we've talked about that principle on this show before, where it's it's best to know the the real thing before you start examining the counterfeits. Mm-hmm. Because once you know the real thing, once you know the truth, once you know God's word, then sorting through all the other scientific stuff out there will be much easier Yeah, because you have the standard with which to judge it. And maybe you're one of those people that doesn't like to, to read. And you know, There's a million Bible apps that will read it back to you. And if you don't like Bible apps, I mean, I was on YouTube the other day and there was Proverbs, just reading Proverbs while I was ironing some shirts. 
like just get it in there somehow, you know, be familiar with it. I mean, if you have an outside job, I'll, I'll just listen to chapter after chapter after chapter. God's yeah. word never returns void. So yeah. it goes in, it does something. Yeah. And then once you build that foundation, I mean, then it's just a matter of walking them through the different claims mm-hmm. that they come across, you know, engaging, listening, all that kind of stuff. That's part of parenting. Part of it. I think that's important too. I mean, again, we're teaching our kids to be, to be rational. Like how do we walk through this? How can I walk through a, a heated debate with somebody and not lose it? Or how do I walk them down? Or like, how do we, how do we take care of that? You know? And I think that's really important. I think if we could do that, we, we set the next generation on a great yep. path. And I think the, what you guys said, that's really a takeaway for me. When, you know, when you, when you're addressing the science, you present it to him as looks, science is a study of God's creation. Mm-hmm. So let's see what the claim is. Let's evaluate it and see where we go. Well, thanks for joining us again today, you guys. I'm sorry we're out of time, but I want to thank the Faith Talk family also and the podcast listeners for diving into this crucial conversation with us. Please be sure to visit our website at LegacyFamilyMinistries.com. That'll give you an opportunity to get to know us a little bit better. And also, since this is a listener-supported ministry, we would love to have you consider joining us as a financial supporter, and you can do that through the website as well. But mostly, we just want to build into you guys and do our best in equipping you to push back against the negative influence of secular culture and find the success that you need in building unshakable faith into your kids. So once again, our website is LegacyFamilyMinistries.com. And remember, you can be a pro at raising kids with unshakable faith. We'll see you next week.